0: Gary Pals Podcast. Hello. What's up, my darling? Oh, you know, just chilling.
1: Just having a great evening. Had a good dinner. Played with the baby. Mm. My sister's baby, my little niece. Um,
2: She is so cute.
1: She's just the most precious little cherub I've ever seen in my life.
2: Very cherub-like.
1: Very cherub-like. And she she has, like, she likes me. She knows me. She likes me. And there's like nothing that makes you more feel, like feel more special than when a baby or a child just like
2: loves you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, people like me drinking a lime white claw. Is that what I see?
1: Yes, it is. And I, I get, get a lot of heat for it, but I think it's the best flavor.
2: Yeah. That's the one I don't really like. I'll give that one away all day.
1: I, I just don't understand it. I think it's the best one. I will buy six packs of just the lime.
2: Mm, weirdo. Yeah, right?
1: yeah.
2: I have my Trader Joe's rose again. Very nice. Is that your first white claw or your second? It's my first. Okay. This is my second glass of wine. Last time we talked, I needed a fall candle. Guess what? I got, I got you a fall candle. candle.
1: What is the official scent of it?
2: Oh, let's see. Um, festive spices that's the name of it
1: does it have like a picture of a pumpkin on it or something
2: no it's just orange okay
1: my sister made made, um, pumpkin spice muffins
2: oh my god that sounds amazing they're
1: so good and they're i don't want to say healthy but they're made with like um maple syrup instead of sugar they've got squash and zucchini in them
2: oh yeah real
1: and then they also have like chocolate in them. So. <laughs> still a muffin still very much so a
2: muffin. up in well my next drink i'm so excited to make if i run out of this one i need more i bought uh pumpkin ginger beer <laughs> and vodka <laughs> it's just really getting in the fall yeah but can i tell you um what happened to me tonight making dinner yeah please do I burned my nipple. Yeah. And you might be like, how? <laughs> how? Why are your nipples out while making dinner, right? Yeah, why was it out, Amy? Um, They weren't out. I was making soup. And I like just spooned it up to my mouth, and I dropped hot soup, and it <gasps> burned through my shirt, and it burned my nipple through my shirt. Oh my
0: god.
2: Amy. I know. Talking about scary movies, this was a true horror that, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that can happen to anybody. Yeah, really. Gotta watch out for that. It's, like, the biggest reason not to be a slob, I think, once you learn that lesson.
1: Another thing I have to be worried about in the kitchen, I never, that never even occurred to me.
2: There's a reason you don't cook. This is, let's just throw another one on there. <laughs> Sorry, dinner <laughs> tonight I might burn my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> gotta cover it. Watch out for my nips. Oh, my God. Enough nipple talk. Enough. So... Welcome back to our listeners. This is episode three of Scary Pals. Woohoo! Yeah, episode three. Episode three. Big deal. So, Scary Pals is a scary movie watching podcast by me, Amy Baxter.
1: And me, Katherine Hammett.
2: Each week we watch one scary movie and then we break it down on our show. We're watching one scary movie a week uh, through September and October leading up to Halloween. Mm. Spooky.
1: Each week, we'll also be calling one of our friends or family members to discuss how they feel about scary movies. They could either be a fellow fan, um, like we are, or they might hate, hate scary movies, and it's the worst experience for them.
2: We have a bunch of friends who hate scary movies, and through this podcast, we are making them watch scary movies with us. I love it.
1: They love us so much to watch the scary movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, later on in the show this week, we're we'll be calling our friend Kay, and Kay was also our college roommate, um, our senior year of college, or my senior year. You, you already graduated college. My year.
1: super senior year, still lived with college girls. And
2: let me tell you, that was one of the best years of my life
1: because I was living like a college kid still, but I had a job and money. <laughs>
2: I mean, thank God you did. I don't know what I would have done senior year if you weren't my roommate.
1: <laughs> it was perfect. I would I like would not have any other transition from college to the real world. It was perfect. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like a soft break in to being a full adult.
1: I figured out how like to not get fired while I was like, still, we yeah, in the dream. Yeah, in a- the dream.
2: Yeah, so we're going to be calling Kay a little later on the show. I don't really know where she stands in scary movies, so this will be a good um, thing to hear from her. I'm excited. She and I used to
1: watch scary movies together in college. Um, she's, I wouldn't say she's, like, super into them, but she watches them.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. So, Kathy and I started this podcast because we both love scary movies. Kathy's not really scared by much, but I get scared by everything. Uh, (laughs) But there are a few other scary movie-watching podcasts out there. One of them that I really liked and listened to recently is called the Scary Cats Podcast. And they had a couple rules, and we've stolen their rules for our podcast. And those rules are that you have to watch the scary movie at night. You can't be scrolling or, like, on your phone while you're watching the movie. And then you have to watch the movie in one sitting. So you can't like pause it halfway through and rewatch, you know, the rest of it the next day or something. One sitting only. Prom, prom. Yeah.
1: And if you can't if you can't stick to the rules, you can't sit with us. I'm not just... <laughs> No. But you can't, sit with, us. Uh, fo- you can't sit with us. But following those rules helps put you in the mood, it makes you more susceptible to scares. Um, so that's why we asked that you do one.
2: Yeah, there's really there's a right way to watch a scary movie, and that's how you do it.
1: Yeah. You can't just watch one, like wake up, open the yeah. curtains, turn on some lights, watch a scary movie. If you do that,
2: you might be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a total psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. So anyway, on our podcast, we also hope to get to the bottom of why we like to feel scared. And this week... It is finally my pick for a movie. Kathy picked the first two movies. (laughs) And now it's my turn. And so I picked the movie uh, The Rental, which is the directorial debut of Dave Franco. This is his first movie that he's made. Yeah. The movie, it sat in at a perfect 90 minutes. Hooray. It was an hour and a half. My favorite type of movie is an hour and a half. I think it was even
1: 89 minutes,
2: maybe. I think
1: it was 88. <laughs> we're checking different
2: Wikipedia. <laughs> Either way, I love that. Like that already gets an extra like point for me, I think, when it's perfect perfect movie length.
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: somehow we've gotten into this world of two and a half hour sagas for like any movie. Every like it used to be just like the Titanics of the world were so and the godfathers were so long, but now it's like it's like commonplace for movies to be super long. And sometimes like my
2: attention span just can't handle it. Yeah, that's a commitment. That's a full afternoon commitment. Because that's like, that's just too much time. Yeah. No, not every movie needs to be two VHS tapes worth of movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> okay, so this week, I'm doing the synopsis. And I wrote a synopsis. And I haven't read any reviews of the movie. I'm like dying to read what people thought about it. I just have no idea. I've been like, we talk about it. Okay. And I just now I googled the tomato, Rotten Tomatoes one.
1: It's a decent score.
2: Decent score. Yeah. Yeah. So my synopsis is a little long. Go, <laughs> we can't go for it. Might redo it later. Okay. <clears throat> the rental. Two startup partners, Charlie and Mina, decide they need a weekend away before working on a new partner deal in the coming weeks. After scoping out a gorgeous oceanside mansion on a cliff on a home rental site, The partners decide to book it and bring their romantic partners for the trip. Mina is also the girlfriend of Charlie's little brother, Josh, who recently restarted classes and works as a Lyft driver. Charlie, meanwhile, thinks little of his brother's relationship, believing Mina is the full package, despite having a beautiful, cool, and understanding wife himself. Once at the house, the caretaker named Taylor, who checks the group into their booking, is unfriendly. Particularly toward Mina, who believes Taylor is a creep and a racist. On the first night, Charlie, Josh, and Mina take ecstasy, while Charlie's wife, Michelle, goes to bed early. After Josh succumbs to his intoxication, Charlie and Mina have sex in a shower and cross the line. Gasp. Yes. The next day, they agree to cover up their accidental hookup, but things become more complicated when Mina discovers a tiny camera in the shower head. The devious pair decide to pretend nothing is going on and hide both secrets from their partners. By nightfall, Josh's dog is missing and the hot tub is broken. (laughs) Taylor comes by to fix the tub while Josh confronts him and Mina also confronts him about the bathroom camera. Josh, hearing the fight between Mina and Taylor, beats Taylor unconscious in the shower. While the two couples calm down outside, an unknown assailant sneaks into the bathroom and kills Taylor. Unaware of the killer roaming the house, the group is picked off one by one while all the truths are revealed. The killer is a rental killer, installing cameras in homes he rents and carrying out terrifying murders everywhere.
1: (laughs) That was terrible. Ah, No, that was good. Isn't it like... (laughs) I always feel awkward doing them. I think that was great. This is the most recent movie we've done so far. Um, it was released in July 20, July of this year, 2020. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot out there. Uh, there's not a lot of movies getting released right now because of COVID and big um, studios not being able to shoot and um, do a lot of stuff. So there's a lot out there on this movie. So I've got quite a lot of fun facts for you. It was filmed in Bandon, Oregon. Oh. beautiful yeah
2: so uh, it was gorgeous
1: gorgeous it made me want to get out of trouble right now i don't know about right now with all the fires what it looks like um but mm-hmm. it was a gorgeous gorgeous set for this movie um the screenplay was written by dave franco and joe swanberg before i get into the hot franco uh mm-hmm. joe swanberg is also quite accomplished um he fun fact amy he went to yeah. Naperville Central High School, Shut up. and went to SIU. Shut
0: up! Yeah, so
1: oh just so everyone knows, SIU is in my hometown, um, mm-hmm. Southern Illinois University. Um, yeah, yeah, so he
2: uh, graduated from there.
1: He's a. Uh,
2: Kathy and I are both Illinois girls, yes. so. Oh yeah, Na- Naperville is a rival high school of where I went to high school. Yeah, it's crazy. How did how did a Southern Illinois boy? Like meeting a um meeting of franco
1: so actually there are quite a few celebrities that SIU was a little bigger back in the day um mm. 60 70s uh 80s how old is this guy um i was i was just thinking that but uh, like <laughs> melissa mccarthy and her husband went to siu no way
2: oh,
1: yeah um john belushi went to siu um, oh
0: my god
1: yeah so it it <clears throat> shockingly has like some hollywood alumni. Uh, okay. Some really, Very cool. big names. And um, Joe Swanberg is one of them. So he is considered a major figure in the mumblecore film movement. Have you heard of mumblecore?
2: No. What the fuck? Yeah, me neither. Okay.
1: So apparently it's a big thing. And according to uh, the Studio Binder blog, it's an independent independent film movement, often characterized by naturalistic acting that's occasionally improvised. Oh my God. Sounding spot on for this movie, right? Okay. Um, the plots generally focus on a group of people in their twenties or thirties dealing with terrible jobs or bad relationships. Oh, I see the connection. Yeah. And it's influenced by the French new wave and also the real world.
2: Yeah. I mean, this movie is a realism
1: spot spot on, um, for the style in the screenplay. I think, um, you can see a lot of the influences from that. He's, um, Done quite a few of these movies, directed, written, whatever. Um. So I thought that. Yeah, was really I,
2: I have a question. So yeah. I'm gonna interrupt. You. And I'll go for it. Do you think that actors like doing mumblecore movies?
1: I'm sure they love it. I'm sure they love to get to improv.
2: Yeah, because it, I I think that they would love it because it feels artistic, but it also feels real. Uh huh. I think this would be an actor's kind of dream type of dialogue and like scenes.
1: Yeah, and I felt when I was watching this movie, I was like, I wonder if some of this is improvised. Because it just like yeah. it felt so natural. Mm-hmm. Um and so then uh yeah. Now moving on to Mr. Hotter Franco uh, Dave. He goes by Davy
0: I think. Davey.
1: Lots of- oh, lots of people call him Davey. I love it Davy. Okay. Um I'll stop drooling. Um so this was his directing debut Full-length feature, full feature directing. I mean, he's done some funny or die stuff. I um, he has some stuff with his wife and some funny shorts and stuff. So he's probably, you know, been wanting to do this for a long time.
2: His wife, Alson Bree, The Bree.
1: Brie. She gets her own section, okay, Amy? I figured Sandra, I Amy would want to, like... Sorry. I okay, get too I, excited They have, have the best for um, last. <laughs> back to Dave... So, this is his first directing. He has a whopping 55 acting credits on IMDb. Sexy. Yeah. So, um, we most people know him from 2014, The Neighbors, or Just Neighbors. He was in 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. Um, and then Now You See Me movies. Um, and he's <laughs> one of the Lego movies. He's, he's done quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and he's also written some of the shorts and things that he's um, – Directed, but this was obviously his big Mm -hmm. his big deal. Um the movie starred Sheila Vand, who we might have seen in Argo, A Girl Walks Home at Midnight, which I think is a vampire movie. Oh wow. Um yeah, most of these actors have dabbled in the um scary movie genre. Uh, is a girl
2: walks home at midnight? Is that a foreign film? Or is that an English film? Uh
1: we could probably look real quick.
2: I think it was foreign.
1: It's, I had never heard of it, so odds are it was either indie and foreign or a girl walks.
2: Oh, yeah, it's Iranian. Iranian. Oh,
1: that one makes sense.
2: Yeah, she's really pretty. She's
1: gorgeous. Yeah. And I loved her wardrobe in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, when they're walking on the beach, I saw the shoes and I was like, oh, I bet Amy would wear those.
2: <laughs>
1: and then we have um, Josh played by Jeremy Allen White, Lip.
2: Uh, lip,
1: terms. couldn't but see anything but Lip. I, well, and it's, yeah, it was almost a similar character. I mean, it was weird watching him as anything else, honestly. And it was weird watching him as, like, an adult. Um, yeah. But then, of course, he was, like, not a fully established adult. So that that helped, like, transition from Lip to
0: That's
1: Josh. Um, Charlie was played by Dan Stevens, which I will never see anything except Matthew from Down Abbey.
2: Um, oh no way! Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, he was also the beast in the live-action Beauty and the Beast.
2: Oh, so he's, he's also been, he's the main character in Legion, which I recently watched oh. over this COVID quarantine.
1: Never, never seen it. Um. Yeah. I mean, all wow. of these actors are extremely established.
2: Um, yeah. Very, very good. Solid. Famous cast. Yeah.
1: And then of course Michelle was Allison Brie. Woo! She had. I can already tell you how many. Acting credits, um, community, madman, glow, um, written and started in and produced Horse Girl.
2: She wrote that?
1: Yeah, she's yeah. accredited as a writer. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about Alison Bree is she was a clown before she like made it big in acting. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> well, she after- was like establishing herself, she would do children's parties. No, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: Wow. I love her.
1: Amy, do you have any other tidbits <laughs> to add that I didn't throw in there?
2: Well, I have, you know, I found this movie because I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast, and he had Dave Franco on it, who talked about making this movie and making this movie with Alison Brie. and so he, he told the story of how they met. <laughs> did you look it up? I,
1: I, I did. Um, go ahead.
2: So, like, coincidentally, they were both in New Orleans at the same time with different friends and they kind of met up at dinner and one of the friends like texted Dave or showed Dave a text that the friend was like you should make out with Davey tonight and then Allison Brie texted back like okay or something
1: she was like I still so want to hook up with him or like gushing about like she was like gushing about him
2: yeah 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 and so the friend showed it to Dave and Dave was like okay it's on <laughs> like, It's what's gonna happen and uh I guess they took Molly that night also or that weekend when they were meeting and hooking up and um, it was the same time Dave was finishing a movie so he had extra spare time at these premieres so she came along with him kind of across the world I think he took her to Paris next to the Paris premiere for like their second date or something or their next thing after this New Orleans weekend so it was a whirlwind romance with some Molly involved and you know I think it's just such a fun youthful story they have of connecting it's just kind of like any college student, young person connection. I think is so cute and really fun yeah. and funny.
1: It's and it it feels so real. You know, sometimes I wonder, like all these celebrity couples, like how do they even meet each other? Is it like in this like hoity-toity, like ritzy, like do they meet at premieres or like award shows? Um, but they were just like in New Orleans partying and met. Yeah, and that's so fun. And then yeah. the chemistry is just like unreal. If you watch interviews of the two of them. Um,
2: it makes them both feel like really down to earth to me. I don't know why, you know. I yeah. don't feel like uber crazy, un- like unreachable people. Hearing this, no, story I feel now. like they would be our
0: friends. I right?
2: I love them.
1: Um, not any more fun facts, really. But I also did put that she also did a Lego movie. Oh <laughs> my god! Done some Lego movies. Um, and she was in Scream Four, so not her first scary movie either.
2: Well. I, we're going to talk about scream because there's oh my god there's so much scream references I feel like to the very ending.
1: Okay, we can talk about that.
2: Why don't we start with the things we
0: I have loved
2: about the movie? Let's start at the beginning, like the gorgeous opening cliffside shots of the movie. I think okay are so stunning, so gorgeous. They
1: are. Um, I mean, obviously Oregon, Banton, Oregon, wherever it was, is a beautiful place. But I really loved the like sweeping shots and the following the car like the cinematography was just gorgeous at the beginning
2: yeah really good shots of gap like it's setting the mood too
1: how isolated it was like it seemed like it was just the only house in the world yeah um way off on that cliff and oh gosh a house on a cliff like the views the um the ocean the cliff the woods. it was just rough taking
2: yeah it was very dramatic setup i think in the I, cinematography
1: my note was the music and camera work um, and the scenic shots make such a powerful statement right off the bat. That was like the yeah. first note I made while I was watching the movie and then I didn't make any more because I was like, I need to pay attention. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: but that was my first note.
2: Yeah, it's dramatic. One in just the scenery and then the first five minutes, you they give us a lot. Like there's a lot of dialogue going on. There's, we get the four main characters. We get their relationships like with each other. Mm-hmm. In the first five minutes, we get so much out of the dialogue about what they think about each other, how they act with each
1: other. Like in the yeah. first, yeah, in the first two minutes, we already can see the awkward relationship of Mina and Charlie working together. But when like yeah. they when they first start the movie, you think they're the couple, right? he's like, yeah. hanging on them. They're like, oh, you deserve it. You know, let's do this. And then um, Josh walks in and we're like, okay, so... I was like, are we a Threpple? Like, what? It's like, I don't know. They're brothers. (laughs) Um, Oh, a
2: Threpple would be interesting.
1: I, you know, so many different times in this movie, I was like, oh, it could go this way. It could go that way. And like,
2: oh, that's going to actually get away. I'm like,
1: oh, are we in a quadruple? Um, Oh,
0: wow.
1: But, and then immediately we meet uh, Michelle as well. And we hear them talking about the other four. So I'm like, I'm going to have to break this to you sometime, Amy. Honestly, by four minutes in, I was bored. It's okay. And I think we, I mean, we even talked about this last week. We said there wasn't a lot of character development and that was mm-hmm. fine. We got what we needed. I think there was too much. I think they, like the first interaction we had between Mina and Charlie and Josh, I think that was enough. And then a brief interaction. Like I, we got it. Like we got it. And then they kept, <laughs> they kept talking. I was like. Okay, we get it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. (laughs) I get scary stuff. (laughs) I see what you mean. Like, I I wrote, my note was, it's really dense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But especially for the opening of a movie, like, we get everything in the first five minutes. Right up. All of the um, tension between the four of them is given to us right away, and it's not through showing us, it's just through telling us. Yeah. Which, like, isn't the best way to tell a story. Oh, good. I'm like, glad we're on the
1: same page on that.
2: Yeah. Okay. But I still love it. I mean, like, for one, I just have such a huge crush on Alison Brie. Like, I'm just going to love everything that yeah. she does, regardless she do of you what know it wrong. is. And she did no wrong in this movie. So. She can do no wrong. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it, the setup is is very set up. And so fast. Just a little bit too fast in the way that it's done. Yeah. You know, like, the older brother shits on the younger brother, says shit about the relationship because he's clearly in love with Mina, his work partner. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's married to Alison Brie. Like, there's just so much there.
1: So then they they decide to rent the house. The four of them are going away together. And then we hop in the car, and we're on the way. And yeah. there's the dog, and so the brothers have tension.
2: Then we get the racist incident. Yeah, so Mina tried to rent the
1: house and immediately was denied. And then an hour later, Charlie did it, and he was approved. Um. So they're talking about already this racist owner. Um. And then we get some more beautiful scenery as they drive to the house. Oh, wait. Um,
2: Charlie, I kind of wrote down this was a weird-ish conversation. Because I think Charlie, despite his reverence for Mina, um, dismisses her in an effort to keep, like, the good times rolling through the weekend. Which I think, like, if a brown person tells you they're being discriminated against and you say, no, we should just give everyone the benefit of doubt, that's probably not what's happening. I disagree that that's the right reaction. I think you should just, like, listen to that person. Well,
1: like, you don't know. You've never been a brown person.
2: Yeah, and she's telling you this is what's happening to her, and it's unfair the way she's perceiving it. So, like, you should probably just believe her and not be like, oh, we should give the guy we don't know the benefit of the doubt. Like, this is your work partner of many years. Like, why don't you give her the benefit of the doubt?
1: Actually, yeah, that is very strange that he didn't just, like, do whatever she said anyway, because they were, like, clearly obsessed and in love with each other yeah oh uh, wait are we saying, saying right? that charlie might be an asshole <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i guess so oh, that's what it is. but i also think then it gets into this bigger issue which i think was actually like one of the real scares of the movie which is the borderline offenses where something is like not right but it's not enough to make you turn around right so, and I think that's really like the issue that we're supposed to walk away from with this movie is like some things that are uncomfortable out of your comfort zone and maybe like, dangerous, but they aren't quite in your face enough to be making you like stop and make a different decision. That's, so he's, yeah. he's really pushing through, I think, that argument to just like, be like, this is the start of the weekend. Like we're, we're having a good time. Maybe he has another agenda with Mina after all. So he doesn't want to like ruin that yeah i know i need another drink do you mind if i go make it Really? no hard? go
1: for it i'm actually um gonna take a little little break first okay.
0: Uh-huh.
2: this okay so now i have the vodka and the pumpkin brew oh
1: okay
0: how is
2: it it tastes like a pumpkin i love pumpkin like it tastes like pureed pumpkin i'm not kidding it's so good. Oh, I was going to say, I do.
0: I mean, that's good if you
2: like Pumpkin. I like it. But I now have a question for you. Okay. So the opening dialogue, the opening scenes bored you. Yes. Did you like the movie overall? You got to say it. This is a podcast. No,
1: I didn't. And I felt so bad. This is how hard I tried to like this movie, Amy. It's
0: okay. I didn't
1: read any reviews or anything about it before I watched it. Um, I didn't look up any fun facts. I just wanted, I wanted to watch it. Right. And so I watched it and like, just couldn't, I was like, something's wrong. I did something wrong. Right. I was too tired when I watched it. My TV was too dark. I, I did something wrong because I absolutely hated it. So (laughs) I, (laughs) I did all my research. I did all the fun facts I read some reviews a lot that I agreed with um and then I so I kind of felt validated but then it's still I mean I had a 75 percent on Rotten tomatoes so I was like okay so I watched it again last night yeah and I couldn't get through it because I just like I I didn't it takes a lot for me to want to watch a movie twice uh, like anyway but like I just I I couldn't do it and well
2: so the critic rating is 75%. I was surprised it was that high. Well, but the audience rating is like 40% or something. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you like other mumblecore types of movies where it is that realism type of dialogue? Well, I, I That's so much of it what I liked about I think, it. Was, well, I think
1: that was fine. I just, I don't think that... So much of the movie was disconnected. Like, mm-hmm. I... So another... Let me get back to my fun facts real quick. The music was done by... Uh, Saunder Urians and Danny Benzi, Donnie Benzi. Oh, I can't read my handwriting. I am so sorry, Mr. Benzi. Um, <laughs> and they've done a lot of great stuff, right? They did Outsider on HBO. They do Odark, mm-hmm. um, The Lodge. They've done some Fear of the Walking Dead. They did the Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I liked. Um, so they're good, They're good composers. They're good at um, doing soundtracks. I did not. I was shocked when I saw that they did the soundtrack for this movie because I didn't think it matched up with the movie at all.
2: Wow. Um,
1: I think they missed, I've talked about on this podcast before, how much, how important music and sound can be for a scary movie and for creating the feeling of dread. Yeah. And I just think it wasn't dynamic enough in this movie. We had like two major things going on, right? Like we had yeah. all the in the fighting and, and the character drama and all that stuff, which had the makings of a of a good scary movie, you know. Um, there was paranoia, there was lying, cheating, you know, like there is there was stuff that you could definitely make out of that. And then we had the slasher stuff, and it, the it was it just wasn't dynamic enough to match those two different types of things that uh, Davy was was blending into this movie and I think they just really missed the mark on it and I I feel so bad saying that because I love these guys like they do really good stuff really good and they do a lot of scary movies and they they can they know how to instill fear but somehow they just didn't in this movie
2: well I think you're getting at the heart of the critique that I have which is this movie doesn't know what it is meant to be Mm -mm. it's it's two genres And it crosses over the genre at the ending, which is the climax. So the climax is, like, totally random, almost. Because we've been... All the tensions we've been building, all the creepiness we've been building throughout the movie is totally different from actually what happens to them in the end, which is they get fucking murdered.
1: Yeah, and it... Yeah, it just... It's disjointed. There was... I feel like... It was almost there. It was so yeah. close. It was almost there, but it just totally missed the mark.
2: But I also think it was down to, it wasn't even like the bigger picture stuff of like the genre and the music not connecting to the scenes, but it was also the way it was filmed. There was a lot of object filming, which like objet, d'objet, which is object to object is its own theme in literature. And it's often used by like, I don't know, Mrs. I don't know who... Virginia Woolf type of writing. It's, you know, it's old modern mm-hmm. writing. It's Andre Dubje. <clears throat> so in this movie, you have three types of filming that I picked up on, which is like you're filming an object, which is like when Alison Brie is like laying out her clothes on the bed, where zoomed in on the bed where her shirt is going to go, but not on Alison Bree. So it's the character working with the object and that's how it's filmed. But then the next scene is Lip walking and the filming is shaky like he's walking so it's then it's the character being filmed not the object and then it goes to the door that's under there and we're filmed in on the door again and it's lip walking up to the door so it's it goes from object to character walking and then there's mixed in panoramic scenes so like the whole filming concept i was like is this a pattern that i don't i'm unaware of or is this just mixed filming mixed cinema I don't, you know I couldn't yeah up on the theme there wasn't one theme and I couldn't figure out the pattern right
1: and I I wrote down that they the so there there was a little bit I think tied to maybe like the individual characters and like the filming trying to match the like when they're
2: yeah, but I didn't get it. I think it went over my head if that was the case. Well, I don't think
1: I didn't say it was done well. I just think it might have been there.
2: Um, but I really tried to pick it up because it was so purposeful. Like when they
1: were fighting, it was like falling all over. But I think to which is fine, but I think in a scary movie, especially one where it's like trying to be creepy and they're being sort of like under surveillance, I, I record, I wrote down there was like only two camera shots where we know we are the creeper watching. Mm-hmm. Right. We get one with the heavy breathing and we get one where we see him like kind of move at the end of it when they're hiking. Yeah, we see that one. And then when they're outside, we hear the, the bre- outside on the porch of the house. We hear the breathing. Um, and then so
2: by, by the time we get to those, we're already so in deep with these other things that make us so uncomfortable, which is like the cheating in the house. Like, right. like Charlie fucking Mina in the shower the first night of the trip. It
1: didn't take any time at all. And so it's like, OK okay like clearly that's been building for a while
2: and that that is so much riskier to me like that them like covering it up and like doing everything they can to cover it up feels so much more riskier and dangerous to me than like the random guy who's actually watching them later on because it's not earned that he's there but this other storyline is is dangerous already like that's relatable and dangerous and then you know but it's not the real danger for real right so they just came so late i feel like
1: it came well it it wasn't enough to like overlap the two movies right like we should have had more of the like creepy you didn't get the feeling that they were being under surveillance which was supposed to be i think the big creepiness of it um but like at one point i thought like when they found the cameras and like we can't tell them we have to tell them um i thought like the paranoia of them and then especially when he, like, knocked out Taylor. I was like, this, this love, uh, uh, trying, I guess it's still just trying to go through, but, like, all that drama is going to yes. cause them to be so paranoid, and that's going to be the driving evil in this movie.
2: Yeah, and I, it should have been, I think. I
1: think it would have worked, too, and we yeah, like, wrapped up in paranoia, our own personal paranoia. Um, yeah, the, the creepiness wasn't established by any, any filming.
2: Yeah, I don't know there's it's just like it's like three different stories in one I feel like and yes. which one there should just be one <laughs> I know
1: um so let's get back to breaking down the movie step by step though okay no, about, I mean there's there. a lot of good, good things and I mean we could just talk about what we what we liked about it I have like three things yeah. I really liked that happened
2: okay let me hear the first one okay
1: um they they it takes like an hour to get to them <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah um so the first thing that I thought was done well was um after so he takes them killing Taylor right because that's to me when the movie like really gets scary is you're wondering like what is really going on but um when so Michelle's already checked his pulse so we know that Taylor was alive when she went outside and then the couples were all were talking and then yeah. she decides she's gonna go, call the cops good for her um she goes in she's on the phone and Charlie comes in and she, he's like wait Michelle He's not breathing. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, buckle up, about to get scary because um, the acting was really good in that scene. The way you you went to do that. The music, they started like with their go-to creepy sounds and it was like, your heart rate got a little elevated because you're like, oh no. Like, I mean, you already knew he was dead because we saw the guy kill him, but you're like, how is this tying in? Is the guy that killed him really the owner and the brother and they're working together and he wants he wants to kill him and frame these guys? Because part of you's thinking like the owner is out to get these guys for a reason. Like he's targeting this family. He doesn't just target everybody. So oh, I, you are. I oh, I was, so um, back to the beginning when Taylor meets them, right? And we think he's yeah. racist and whatever. And he looks at me and he goes, How did you get mixed up with this family? he says it in a way that's not like racist to me. I, I was thinking, okay, so he's asking how she ended up with these bad people, right? The way you say, or, how did you get mixed up with these people? Like usually the, these people are the bad people, right? Yeah. So, um, I was, wondering
2: but, how- but I, I watched it twice also. And like, right before he says that she goes, you're the owner. Like she's kind of a it's like that was a mean rude yeah. thing to say and then he's like what do you mean like yeah what what and he's she's like oh i didn't mean anything by and it he's like i didn't mean anything by it yeah exactly so she kind of had it coming i think on that one yeah
1: um, oh
2: yeah whatever whatever way she perceived it like but she's missing the part where she was rude first yeah and she's on the defense
1: he and sh- when he she shows him the camera he goes he's like i'll call the police for you and she attacks him to get his yeah. phone um yeah so that but i I did anyway, that was the first thing I liked was when he's like, he's not breathing.
2: I'm gonna go back to the real things that I think are meant to be like the reason that maybe Dave Frankel made this movie. Okay., fair. which is like the surveillance, um, <clears throat> the question of surveillance. But more on, I think the first thing that like bothered me was these borderline offenses that kept popping up, and I, I mentioned it before, but I the racist booking where Mina wasn't able to book the thing, but an hour later, Charlie was able to book it and Mina's name is Mina Mohammadi. So it's very Middle Eastern sounding like she, clearly she's Iranian. So Mina, Mina couldn't get the booking an hour later, Charlie could. So she's, she's not happy about that. Taylor makes like a comment about like a peeping Tom comment when they're there. And then while they were on a walk on the beach, he comes in and leaves the telescope there. And she's like, am I the only one who's creeped out by that? That he can come and go as he wants? And everyone else is like, no, like, it was so nice. Like, oh, this guy just came and dropped this off. He said he was coming by with it. But she recognizes that's not, that's a little bit of an overstep. And then when Taylor drives away from the house, he like does this one last stare and then screeches away. Yeah. (laughs) There's no doubt he's a creep and a racist for sure. And I think all of those things are just sort of things that you wouldn't change your mind about. Like, those you wouldn't leave because of those things. And I think that's really risky. And then when Allison Bree is putting her clothes out on the bed and she sees this dirt and she brushes the dirt off the bed, it's directly under the vent. Like, that's a telltale sign that the vent has been fucked with recently. And she didn't, been- she didn't even. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's clues here that something's not right and they're they're missing it or they're dismissing it.
1: I think though if you were to not think this was a scary movie or if you were to go to a rental, I don't think any of those would be major red flags.
2: That's what I'm saying. And they're not scary. Singing. They're not red flags necessarily.
1: Yeah, cuz they're easy easy to dismiss and we I mean we talked about um easy to dismiss things in your own home and like so that this were even stepping outside of that comfort zone and those things aren't enough I don't think that the average person would think twice about any of those things maybe the racist stuff but definitely not the dirt on the bed and that was another thing I kept track of was um when scary things happen in the house to even tip them off that something was happening and it was like nothing it would be yeah. dirt it was finding the camera there was like nothing because, um, I mean, they find the house, the room under the house, but that was just an owner's closet. So, I mean, and that was just typical in a rental. So there was like, there were not really many clues, on um, the dog going missing.
2: Yeah. But they're just like, uh, I called them borderline offenses because the, you would dismiss them. You and I yeah. would both not care. Oh yeah, no. We would still keep having our white claws and having a great weekend. <laughs>
1: Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly.
2: Okay, and then I have one other vacation point that I want to point out about the movie that like, mm, okay, so the first night, the three out of four of them decide they're going to do the Molly that Allison Bree brought along and Allison Bree's like, I'm not taking it. I'm going to go to bed early because I want to go on my hike tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But my God, okay, she should know better that they're not going to do it the second night. Yeah. <laughs> I know this from all of my vacations with all my friends, like the first night, there's this energy around a vacation that you can't replicate the second night. No,
1: you guys, like,
2: you gotta like go all out the first night because even if just like a couple people are, you gotta do it with them. Like you can't be the one that's feeling, like, I'm going to be a downer. I'm so sorry. Like, no, you can't. The first night of vacation, if everyone's going hard, you got to go in.
1: That's your time. to. That's your <laughs> only time. Ta- well, it's not your only time to do it. If you're like a- with a bunch of rangers, but I, but it's such a thing that happens though.
2: Right? Like, yeah, I know you just can't replicate the, the energy of the first night of a vacation, so you just gotta go all in. I think on the first night. Yeah.
0: I think um, Allison
2: yeah, was... Bray should've known better. <laughs> should've the Molly too.
1: Yeah. Then maybe it was her fault. Then Charlie wouldn't have cheated on her. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um.
2: Okay. So anyway,
1: was that that you?
2: night? That night, Josh falls asleep. Charlie fucks me in the shower. My God. Uh mm-hmm. oh, my mm-hmm. Did you not see that coming, like, right away?
1: <laughs> you see it coming in the first scene of the movie. And then you're like, well, maybe this is their dynamic because they talk about it. I mean, Michelle and Josh talk about it. And she's like, yeah, you just get used to it. That's how they are. So you're like, maybe they are. And then, oh, we just happen to be watching the movie the night that they finally do it. Um, yeah. But-, but
2: then Michelle's perspective on it switches, like, like so fast when Lip tells her, You're like the third girl he's he's cheated with, and you ended up. Yeah,
1: you're not special. He, he, yeah, so because you could tell she was kind of like not proud, but like, well, you know, he was with someone else when we first met, and you know, I was so cool that he left her for me or whatever, and then he finds out that well, he left his other girlfriend for the girl in between them, and yeah, and so then she gets upset, and that's. Yeah, that's kind of a turning point in the movie, even too, because once Michelle gets, like, She's like, nope, I'm gonna have a good time tonight. Like, cause all of the three of them are dealing with they found the cameras, they're dealing with the guilt of cheating, they're hungover from the night before. And Michelle's like, Nuh uh, we're not doing this. I'm having fun. So she doesn't
2: And the dog is missing, and she's like, No, I'm not helping.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, I laugh so hard when she's like in the like working out, like at the
2: hotbed. Yeah. And they're like the hot is like, broken, so she's working on the side and she says what? She's
1: like oh, they lost the dog. It,
2: like,
0: laughs. <laughs> she goes, oh, fuck, they lost oh, the fuck, dog. they lost the dog. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. amazing. You can yeah,
1: tell she's she... just, like, feeling herself.
0: Yeah. And she's kind of,
2: like, wants to break away from her feelings anyway because he hurt her. Yeah, and she doesn't yeah. even know that
0: he cheated yet.
2: Right. She doesn't even know but it it changes her perspective so quickly like on the whole situation with Mina in like one second. Yeah. She's like oh this is not innocent. I've known it's not innocent like in her heart she knew I think. Yeah. No she did So like her doing Molly is is a big trying to like break away from being. Yeah. So feeling her feelings I think is very well done that part. I loved it.
1: I think I think she had the best. She's so good what i think he gave her all the best parts in the movie
2: <laughs> oh fuck they lost the dog yeah i know and she's like dancing
1: her so up, drinking her wine while they're all freaking out about this that and the other um she calls taylor over to fix the hot tub because it's broken and she wants to get it um and she's like motorboat when he does come she's like he bends over and has the plumber crack and he's like motorboat <laughs>
2: motorboat and like
1: licking it and she's so funny
2: um this shit we would do too
1: oh yeah and I loved that part I think they could have played that up even more and it given us like some range of like comedic relief or something um
2: yeah yeah a little more
1: yeah because the whole thing was pretty anonymous. um not just the music but kind of the, it was just like uh the whole time there was like heavy stuff to deal with but like not scary stuff to deal with um but anyway this is I guess where the no, the climb I don't know. I felt like there wasn't a climax in the movie.
2: No, this is the turn. So when like Mita confronts Taylor and they get into like a dead t- tussle mm-hmm. and then Lip comes in and beats up Taylor unconscious in the shower, this is the turn of the movie where the unknown assailant comes in and kills Taylor while Taylor's unconscious, but he's still alive. Yeah. And the four of them are outside trying to decide what the fuck to do because now there's like video of Lip beating up Taylor from the hidden camera. So <clears throat> I think I don't know I thought this kill scene was terrible terrible it was anti well it was filmed really badly I don't know like you see the guy he's got dried blood around him already around his mouth and then the assailant on in black and in gloves comes in like puts his hand over the guy's mouth and the guy shakes a little bit all these all he does is shake a little bit and his boot shakes a little bit but this assailant, isn't moving at all like there's no struggle it's just so unrealistic and so poorly done that it made me think it's supposed to be a callback to another horror movie like this is supposed to be a callback to scream or something like in the way that it was done because of how out of touch it was I think I don't know you know yeah I in the way but that's the way that scream movies are when they do go to those killing scenes that they're just kind of like hysterical. <laughs> yeah, but this
1: wasn't even like over the time. You don't none of the kills in this movie were you spend no time on them, right? It's just like they're dead. Yes. Yeah.
2: so this one starts this kill and then like they start getting killed off pretty quickly from there. Really
1: quickly. And so the next um, well, no, let's not brush over this because this is important. So yeah, the unknown assailant kills Taylor in the bathtub while the couple yeah. are still arguing. That leads to the He's not breathing comment um, when Michelle is about to call the cops. And Charlie's like, no. And then it comes up where, well, we can cover this up. Michelle doesn't want to. The other three do because they don't want us to go back to jail. Um, yeah. And he's got, so it's his girlfriend and his brother worried about him. And then Michelle. Is
2: that, the, is that the first time we we learned that Lip was in jail before? No, it happens in the beginning dialogue.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember if he or Michelle says something. But we, we find out about his troubled past. <laughs> so then Michelle decides she wants something to do with it and the three others decided to dispose of the body and and one it was I thought it was so comical of course I run a cliff so let's throw him over a cliff but it wasn't even like filmed in like a comedic sequence like I felt like they missed the mark there they're trying to make it serious and I was like this is this is so hysterical like yeah
2: he, I wish it had been funny too I know like a comedy said, the same thing. Throw him over the cliff and he lands on a rock and so then what do they yeah. do oh let's just throw another rock at him. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been, like, that, it could have been so much, but it was long the way that they did it, because oh, it was it boring. So, I think I put time stamps on
1: how long, and it ruined, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie was the showers going on and leading Michelle around the house. Like, that's yeah, yeah. creepy. You hear a shower going on in the other room, and you go there, and then it turns off, and you hear another shower. So, like, clearly, that's, like, a, normally, could be, uh, like, the killer playing cat and mouse, right? he's fucking yeah. with his prey. He's playing oh, yeah. with them before he kills them. And but it's it goes back and forth so you see this happening and then you yeah. see them throwing rocks at a dead body and it's like
2: yeah and you wish it was funny.
1: And you wish that was funny, but it's not. And then you wish this other part was scary, but it's not. And yeah, yeah that whole part um Wait, I-
2: I thought the her discovering the footage was kind of good.
1: Well, okay, so what? That's
2: a, that's the real danger. Like in my opinion, it, that was really like the cover-up was the story that I liked the most, that I wanted to follow that was relatable, that was like made me feel icky, you know? And yeah, that's the part that made me feel some type of way. So the yeah. the reveal of the truth of it is it was the moment in the movie I was waiting for,
1: and it was done really well. So we focused on that. We didn't jump back to the comedy of errors going on in the backyard it Alice yeah. and Brie had a really I mean her acting came out she had a really good reaction to it it was like old time kind of scary too because you had it like playing on a tv and she's watching it so you had like the bad quality of sound as she's re-watching it and the music was done well in that scene so it had yeah. that scene came together for a scary movie you had the elements you had the acting you had the creepiness you had the music yeah. He decides to, you know, get up out of there, as she should. Um, And so after they have a really dramatic disposing of the body, Lip has to climb down. The, so unnecessary. He has to climb down. I think they just wanted to get a close-up of the dead body after he fell. Oh. So they, like, send Lip down the cliff. No, no. I can do it, guys. Like, like, blah, blah. So dramatic. But, like, not. And so he, like, climbs down the cliff. Whatever. Gets the, knocked mm-hmm. the dead body into the ocean and then climbs back up. And then they're walking back. So um, Mina, Charlie, and Josh, after finally disposing this fire, are walking back up to the house. And we mm-hmm. finally, like, really see the killer. And he right behind walks him. right up behind him. And you know what? So,
2: why is he in a Jason mask? Or, like, whatever that is.
1: Well, uh, I don't know. Why is he in a mask? Why did the music not change at all? And why would he come up behind all of them at the same time? He already knows that Josh just beat a guy to a pulp. He's not going to attack all three of them at once. Yeah. That was a bit of a long stretch for me.
2: That's why I thought it was like Scream, because the way like the if was this not a reference to Scream? Like this was just this was like throwing in killer slasher movie. Like this was slasher movie and we're gonna throw in your face that this is now a slasher movie at this point.
1: Okay, I guess maybe. I don't yeah, think it's so reference to it
2: maybe. It didn't work. Yeah. I think I like, but like work,
1: scream in but... normal slasher movies, like we would have felt a difference in tone. With seeing the killer, but literally the I wrote like the music did not change, the the filming did not change. It was nothing. He was just like walking behind them.
2: But it, that's supposed to call back to the whole thing of them not knowing they're being surveyed.
1: I guess, but we right? I, but we didn't play that enough throughout the whole movie. I know. Yes, I know. It's it's totally disconnected. <laughs> it was disconnected, and then I think
2: from the killing of Taylor, it becomes a different movie. And that but it but the rest of the movie doesn't change.
1: It right. The sound like they if they had just like thrown in like a a big sound effect when you see his face,
2: and yeah, that's,
1: that's like, what her that movies do. That's why like it's not just it's anyway. Yeah. And then so he and it's totally unrealistic that he would have been following the group bank whatever. Um so then Michelle peels out, tells Charlie that she knows he cheated. No,
2: he, he catches up with her in the car. She stops right. for a second. Yeah. He's like, I saw you, and he's like Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. But where's the footage?
1: Right. And, and yeah, so she gives
2: him like, a look that's like if looks could kill. Okay, so who know?
1: are you? <laughs> um and then she so she drives away. Um
2: yeah. And he drives and over a nail bed. Nail bed.
1: Hit, r- runs off the road. Um I did really so this is a sequence I again, I think he saved all the best parts for his wife cuz this is like the best she's texting and how many times in a scary movie are you in a car and somebody slams up like appears at the window right that's like a typical shot is it yeah you get scared all the time when like it pops up at your car window like like there's a hitchhiker and he comes up you know or the man with the hook it's a it's a shot but this one takes a different twist because he is coming from far away just like running straight at the car Um, so i thought that was good And then she manages to send a text to Charlie, though, and so he's able to go look for her. This was maybe my favorite part of the whole movie.
2: Okay. Um,
1: Other than... Well, yeah, because I totally butchered the shower thing. Um, When she's, like... When they turn on the phone, that could have been so good, and they really messed it up. Um, But when he... So he finds the car, and she's not in it. So he calls her, and you see her phone light up through the fog yeah so yeah so creepy that was perfect and he's like oh thank god babe i'm glad i found you but you just know something's wrong well we already saw the killer run at her but like that was such an eerie but like realist like what do you do when you can't find somebody you call their phone so it's relatable you can picture what it would be like to see someone's phone light up through the fog um perfect and then i wrote down um I had to do the time stamp on this because it's so quick. Um, he walks over to find the phone and at like an hour and 10 minutes and 29 seconds, he trips on her body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you see her for like a second, two seconds. And then by a minute, 33, Charlie's dead too. So in the span of four seconds, we like, we're like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And that to me was when I realized this is not a killer getting revenge. It has nothing to do with the victims. This is just senseless killing because number one, they kill the best person out of the group first. Right. Yeah. She was the only good person with semi-morals or whatever. Um, They kill her first. So, you know, it's not, they're not targeting bad people. Um, she also wasn't a part of the family. So, if you had the theory that, um, like, they were going to kill the, how'd you get mixed up with this family? They're killing this family. Like, it didn't fit that. They killed the brothers first. So, and then how quickly it was, like, they didn't really show her body long. They didn't show either killing very long. So, it was like a gory, bloody, like, it was just like, okay, here we go. They're all going to die. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. We just wasted an hour and 10 minutes of our lives. was was my thought was like here we go we know um the scares didn't matter after that to me because there was like no figuring anything out there was no thinking about it just like okay we're just gonna go hit people with hammers now
2: well i think let's rush through the rest of it like he ends up killing kills everybody boom 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 josh and Mina as well and then we see more scenes of him and this is like the final cuts of the movie where the killer is he doesn't own the home he's just like was a previous guest in the home and he's The next scenes of him are like taking off the mask, which is, I wrote, it's like a mix between a scream mask and a Jason mask.
1: Yeah, it was just, it was just a realistic man looking mask. It wasn't like a, well, the scream is like a distorted, like.
2: No, it was fucked up. His face was like not, it was like a Jason mask, right?
1: Michael Myers. Yeah. Halloween. Jason is the hockey mask.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Michael Myers mask. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Michael Myers. Yeah. It was just like. It was like an old man mask. Yeah. I don't know. So we never see him, but we see like the silhouette of him. Then, like checking into other Airbnbs and being a guest and, and installing cameras in other Airbnbs, and then finally like sneaking out of a closet and killing another guest in Airbnb. So clearly, like they're trying to make us not afraid of the Airbnb owners who are creepy and racist and like perverts in their own way, maybe, but be afraid of the other Airbnb guests as well. You don't know who stayed there before you or what they did to the property. Neither does the owner. Yeah, because Taylor had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there were so many things that were missed here. I, I don't know that they didn't need to be killed. This story would have been a better story without the killer slasher thing, which only happened in the last 10 minutes. I don't know. Like, yeah. what was that about? Yeah, I... I th- I liked the movie until here, unlike you who didn't like the movie until here. No, I didn't like it. I, honestly, I didn't
1: like any of it. <laughs> um, I, Well, I just liked those parts because they did, like, a creepy thing well. But... They didn't do a creepy yeah. movie well. Um, I wrote, like, I can see what he was kind of getting at. Remember when they're in the room under, like, the owner's cabinet and Lip goes, I um, kind of expected, like, a control room. Yeah. You know? But it's like, no, like, the, the real killers of the world aren't these masterminds. You know, they're just a guy in an Airbnb with some cameras and a router and everything. So I kind of got it. But the, he didn't capitalize on the creepiness of that at all. And I'm not scared at all to go to an Airbnb or anything anymore. Um, Yeah,
2: and I think if it was going to take such a sharp turn in terms of like the like the storyline of it and what we're meant to be, I don't, I don't know. Like just the storyline of it was I was so much more involved in the characters, and then it turned out they that's not the danger. The whole thing we were building up to is not actually anything to do. Yeah, it happened to them. It just
1: felt like a waste. And I think to make a,
2: but if it had been funny or if it had gone like full 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 re- reference to old scary movies like it had been a full what's that word calm homage yeah. it had been a full homage to scream i would have loved i don't
1: see i didn't pick up on any scream at all because scream was so good and this was <laughs> but like not even i mean like they didn't i mean they had the girl on the stairs and you're like oh no she ran upstairs but she was like at the top of the stairs when the killer came in the room so that was her only option there was like not and mm-hmm. the killer came out of the closet when he stabbed him but it was like He'd been running around. Yeah. It, it just, it, it. I think it missed the mark a little bit on that. And I think to have um, a killer be scary, like in a slasher movie, there you have to know like just enough about the killer. And we knew nothing about the
2: killer. So um, it just wasn't earned at all. Yeah, like, and everything, everything else was so earned. It was so yeah. You know, worked, and but it was a little bit worked to death in the way that you hate. I think. Yeah,
1: and I can also, I can also say this is not the first time movies have done this. Um,
2: Yeah,
1: I just watched. Have you watched the open house on Netflix? No, It got terrible reviews and I hated it when I watched it but it's this same thing where they follow a mom and her son and they move into the dad dies and they have they have no money so they move into a family member's mountain house and they're in the process of selling it so they have open houses and he's kind of like isn't it creepy that we just like let people in here and we just like go shopping and then we come back it's like what if they never leave well in this movie they don't it's a killer that goes from open house to open house and at the end of the movie they die and you're like wow we just got so invested in their lives for no reason but yeah. they're kind of like fucked with them throughout the whole movie like they move their phones around and move their food around when they weren't looking would play Christmas music out of nowhere and so I guess if we're gonna have to get invested in characters and a senseless killings at the end I honestly liked that movie better and it was a terrible movie
2: wow um so it's yeah. like not even
1: an original idea to all of a sudden switch to slasher
2: but okay so I really I have like one more last question for you because I think a big there's like a fundamental disagreement that you and I have of what's we like and I think might of that part be the norm core of the movie or the mumble core, which I had never heard I think it's just norm core. Which is like I there's this one detail that I picked out where there Charlie's in the hot tub and Mina's coming into the hot tub and she brings the water glasses. Hydrate
0: hydrate,
2: hydrate. hydrate, hydrate. Like that is such a normal thing to put normal detail to put in there. It was such a realistic detail to me. And I, I like love that kind of thing that he put that in there and that that's in the script. And I think the movie had a lot of those little things that I picked up on and that I really liked as part of, um, I don't know, just the the story seems so regular to me. Yeah,
1: I I don't dislike that at all. If anything, it adds to the scariness because you can put yourself in that situation. Like the whole normal thing with like the person sleeping the first night and missing out on all the fun, all the cheating and love stuff wasn't. But I actually noticed that too. But
2: But you found it boring.
1: No, I found the first five minutes boring.
2: Oh, yeah. it, was, it was too much in the first time. That's, that's I what I just, that's, like. That's okay. So so we need to
1: clarify. I thought the overdoing it and having conversation, like you can tell, they're just like talking for us to get a backstory, but it's not done in an interesting way. That's what bored me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Not um,
1: just. I mean, not just the banter or the talking. I do No, I liked when she brought out the water hydrator, and I can tell you, in um, I like things like in The Haunting of Hill House when they're in the car and the sisters are talking and they're just like having like a normal sister bickering and it's written so that Nell can come out of the backseat and like scare the crap out of them.
2: Yeah. Like it's just,
1: they're just like, I think they like wrote a whole conversation among the sisters and they're just like, just talk like your sisters and they had her come out. Like that's how you get good scares is you make it seem natural and realistic. And so like with the mumblecore thing, they're all in their 20s and 30s, you know, so are we. So that's, that's not what, i was meaning at all i was meaning that we were just we were just like drilled to death with the backstories and we already said we talked about the pack you don't need that you know you're watching a movie you pick up on all that stuff through subtle things you don't need every character to like introduce themselves hi i'm josh i have a troubled past and now i'm dating my uh brother's coworker, who he wants to sleep with it's like you could pick up on that pretty
2: you know yeah just from body language alone i think we could have Okay, so I am looking at a picture of Dave Franco right now and I'm just falling so in love. I, love him. I feel
1: so bad for shitting on his movie so much.
2: I didn't hate the movie. I'm I didn't hate it at all. I think there's a lot of good takeaways from it. And for I don't know. Let's call Kay though.
1: Let's call Kay and see how she felt.
2: Well, it's Kay and her fiance Sean that we're calling. Here we go. Hi. Hey Okay. Hey, Kay. Okay. So you guys, did you both watch the rental? We did last night.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Nah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little spoiler here. Catherine hated it.
0: <laughs> I was gonna have them say how they felt about
2: it. <laughs> and now I wanna hear what did you guys think?
0: <laughs> All right. Well
2: just for like a broad stroke off the cuff. Reaction to it.
0: So, if you're new to slashers and don't really like scary movies, I would say this would be a good movie to dip your toes into because it, mm-hmm. you know, I slept fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very nice way to say it, Kay. Yeah, John. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think it was that good the first (laughs) thing i said was that uh whatever the actor's name lip from shameless josh
0: was his character's name.
3: he can only play one character
0: oh yeah he's He's identical
3: the way that he walks and speaks yeah throughout the whole movie i was like
0: fucking lip and his
3: mouth is open and it looks identical to shameless it's like all right that guy can only play one guy but
2: yeah, we've been calling him lip the whole time we've been yeah. talking about
0: the movie. <laughs> yeah, I
2: don't
3: know, the I'm glad made, we're but... on
0: the same page, but yeah. you know, the first, like, five minutes of the movie, I knew it was going to be awful.
2: Oh. I
0: knew that I hated Mina, because, you know, obviously you can tell within the first 30 seconds that she's going to fuck Charlie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, second, like, She's in, I don't know if this is a thing out there, but she's into like pimple pop and foreplay with lip. Yeah. What the fuck was that?
1: I thought it was pretty, I mean, I think that's kind of gross, but (laughs) I...
3: You thought it was pretty?
1: Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Pretty gross. Pretty gross. I think it was supposed to be like playful banter. Yeah. established that we actually liked each other too, and it wasn't just like a... Force relationship so she could be closer to child tra- like i think that was established and like no these act these two like
0: actually get along like yeah
2: yeah it's supposed to be a playful showing of their relationship but it also gets into this norm core and it's also called mumble core as kathy and i learned tonight is this background story of one of the pre- writers of the movie who helped dave franco write it is <clears throat> well known for these bum- mumble core types of movies where there's just supposed to be like really realistic relationship type of dialogue so like i think that one was pushed a little too far that scene especially <laughs> with them yeah. popping the pimples to trying to establish that they're like no they're really in love like
0: they have fun with each other like yeah. he brings up the playful side of her no mina's yeah. No. Yeah.
3: why did the killer uh, assume that no one would call the cops when they saw the camera
0: Mm-hmm. oh we didn't even think of that
1: well we didn't I, even think of he it he was watching so i would assume that he would just swoop in
0: cool. and cool. I yeah. could do a quick slash before the, <laughs> the arrived.
1: maybe had like a cell phone jammer signal i mean but you're absolutely right like
0: there are a few holes
2: yeah yeah we didn't even get to the holes well, kathy and i decided this is like two or three mm-hmm. movies that got joined up together at the end mm-hmm. i could see that like the killer, the slasher part of it for me came out of nowhere. kind of. Yeah. Why? Because the whole thing, the conflict and the tension between the four of them was really what felt like really, that's what made me feel some type of way. It made me feel icky and it made me feel like the reveal of them cheating was the danger involved here, like while oh. they're being surveilled not necessarily that they were going to be killed, but like... It kind of... Nah, it
3: it's really, like the typical, as soon as they were like, they pull up to a cabin like somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, what's that one movie? Um,
0: Lake Placid? Yeah. Yeah, Placid. it like kind of reminded so, me of that, like, oh, let's get away for the weekend, stay at this nice house, remote, yeah, on the so beach.
3: Like, oh, killer's coming somewhere.
0: You're gonna get slashed. <laughs> I don't think
1: that like typical slasher movies like I don't even think this was a good and I'm not the biggest fan of slasher movies but I don't even think they that this one did a good job of like making you scared of the killer
0: no that's that's why I said Catherine when I when I first joined hopped on this podcast it's it's a light slasher
1: it was a light slasher but I'm like it it didn't even I don't know no. Yeah.
0: That's like, it felt disconnected. Yes. And I remember when, um, what's his, Charlie got killed. I was like, oh, he's like, this is going to start happening now. He's dead. All right. Just, like, <laughs> then there's only five more minutes
2: of the movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And they spend no time. I mean, I think a lot, some people watch the slasher movies for the gore of it. None of that. Um, no creative kills. Um, that's one thing about Scream is like, it's like over the top and like each kill is like a, a big to-do and this was just like hammer, hammer. The killings were too quick for a Slasher. He like was there. he didn't have a theme song. He didn't yeah. have any, even even in a normal Slasher movie, the killer has some sort of like paranormal yeah. uh, superhuman skills. Like he's always right behind you. In Scream there's two of them, you learn that, but like
0: Yeah, but
2: you don't, you don't think that this is like a modern version of Jason at all, that he's like a tech, no, I think
3: it's, do you think a slasher needs to be like a supernatural person?
1: No, even when it's an actual person, it's like they can walk and still be behind you. Like they're always one step ahead of you. This is just like,
3: well, he was with his camera. He knew where everyone was.
0: Exactly. This is a modern slasher, Kathy but it's only a slasher in the last 10
2: minutes. (laughs) So that's, what's disappointing to me that it became a slasher and it wasn't a slasher until then. Yeah.
1: This movie had a lot of promise. It had good actors. It had a big, it had a good enough budget. Like it clearly wasn't just made with some film students with some, you know, leftover equipment. Like it, it was done well. it was produced well, but that doesn't unfortunately make a good scary movie.
2: Nice. So we're going to do the ratings now. This is what we do on every episode. Sean, ha- at a scale of uh, yeah, one to mm-hmm. ten, w- what do you rate this movie and why? Uh, I'd rate it a three. Oh, shit. For that's two, that's lower than anything on Rotten Tomatoes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. No, I thought it was um, the dialogue was always awful. Um, And what you were talking about earlier, it being a mumble, whatever that is, like I don't think any of it was realistic. Their little ecstasy scene, like that was so stupid.
2: (laughs) Oh, I thought it was funny. Are you dancing with the dog?
3: (laughs) I like like the dancing with the dog, but you just like you knew you knew what was gonna happen.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like,
3: all right, who looks at a camera? that's in a shower and, like, thinks that you're not going to do anything about it. Three. Three for me. Mm,
0: okay. Okay. This is tough, guys. Um, I think I would give it a 4.5. I would yeah. not watch it again. I would not recommend it to a friend, except for maybe Kelly Jones because she doesn't like scary movies. And I think okay. she will tolerate it and yeah I just kind of I knew what was gonna happen it was too predictable for me like I wanted it to like make me not want to rent an Airbnb and just be scared pitless, but I wasn't
2: yeah wouldn't that have been a better movie yeah if like or, like, had the guy not killed them, but he had killed Taylor and then, like, left them to deal with everything of, like, yes. being recorded. And, like, that would have been such a scarier movie, I think, because it's more realistic of, like, what the fuck are you going to do? And
0: I wanted to see all the drama between all of them blow up, but yeah. couldn't because they were all getting murked, like, one minute after the other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was disappointing.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to give it the same rating as K, 4.5. I think there are some takeaways to discuss here. Like Kathy and I went along that there are some borderline offenses that you're introduced to in the beginning that you would brush off that like, aren't going to make you turn away from an Airbnb or change your plans, but that should make you take a little bit of pause. Like the guy being kind of racist, even though Mina's kind of also a instigator. Yep. But like, the guy being racist, the guy coming into the house with them not being there not telling them, like, I'm coming in right now. And then, d- you know, just a couple of things. Allison Brie finding the dirt on the bed. A couple of things that you would brush off that I think might, might be takeaways for us to discuss about later. But there's one comment from a reviewer that says the dog ran away with the plot. <laughs> yeah. And I I agree with that so much. <laughs> like, none of this was really scary honestly but i liked a lot of it and i really liked like you guys hated the dialogue i liked the kind of norm core setting that we got i found it artistic although i agree the first five minutes we we already talked about this but it's so fucking dense it's too much yeah hated it you get the full setup of the movie and we know charlie's in love with mina right away yep So, it is very heavy-handed in the first five minutes. Unnecessary, but the dog ran away with the plot. (laughs) I think the slasher at the end just killed it. (laughs) Well put. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well,
1: I was going to give it a three, but now I feel like I'm just, like, repeating what Sean said. So, I'll give it a two. Nice. Two? No, I, like, Amy, I told you how hard I tried to like it. But I just, I what,
2: what are the two points for? What?
1: Um, it it the acting was good, right? The quality of acting was good. You weren't just like cringing. You might have been like Kay and Sean might have been cringing at the dialogue, and they might have said lip can only do one character. But like, there's <laughs> some scary movies out there with just awful acting, and it was it was good acting. Good Allison Brie mm-hmm. can't do better than that. Um, and then also you know like wrong. the quality was good music was good didn't match the movie but it was good um there were some scenic critic shots it had a good budget so
2: what was the budget uh 16 million what wow you know yeah
1: so because like big um uh studios haven't been able to release a lot of movies this summer it was like one of the only options so it got screen time that it normally wouldn't have gotten in drive-in movies um because other movies just were being released and then it also had the video video on demand release it um grossed four hundred twenty thousand in box office it's opening weekend
2: you guys i think we're a little harsh on this
0: movie i
3: don't think so yeah. no,
0: I, don't I don't think ask. we are
3: Yeah, the the one girl allison Bree michelle told um be
1: careful here. The yeah, boy, you might want to just stop right there, Sean. I don't think anyone's going to agree with you. We
3: no, thing so she talked and she said to the boyfriend, she was like, yeah, fuck her while talking was- about his girlfriend. So I don't think anyone would say that in real life, saying, she-
0: like, yeah. I don't like Say
1: it in context, she wasn't like fuck her, I hate her. He was like, So oh, you're okay with it? And she's like, No, fuck her, she's funny with my boyfriend. But like,
0: I didn't say it like that, yes, she
1: did, she
2: said it exactly like that.
3: All right, I guess we watched different
0: movies. <laughs> okay, are you these That would happen. Um, I disagree with Sean, okay. I think okay. he said it playfully.
1: I honestly <laughs> felt that one of the things I told my sister was. Kate I felt so bad that this was the week we made you watch yeah like I had a really hard time I was like I feel so bad I'm gonna go on this podcast I'm gonna shit on this movie who I love the director of as an actor like I love the actors I love Alice and Brie I love lip I but I feel so bad you lip? I didn't. yeah as a character or as, an actor? as a character on shapeless
0: you <laughs> will, will always have a play what are you talking about this so- I know and Can I tell and you own... something about Lip? Yeah.
2: I I have always wanted to fuck
0: Lip for sure.
2: <laughs> But <laughs> wait, but there's a girl, there's a girl I went to high school with, and on the show, she fucks Lip. What? <laughs> Literally, you see her tits in the show. Like, the recent season, Maddie McCormick fucks Lip and they like hook up and you see Maddie's tits. And I was in chorus with Maddie, <laughs> I told you
0: Well, she's the one that uh was like his Miami girlfriend. You have a blonde? Oh, no. I don't know. I'll have to do some research. <clears throat> we're
2: going to do a couple of scary movie questions we ask every guest. Kathy's got them.
1: Okay. Um. So, Kay and Sean, if you were to describe, like, the elements of the scariest movie, you don't have to even think of, like, the scariest movie, but if you could, like, make a recipe for the scariest movie, what elements would go into it? Like, what scares you the most in a movie?
3: Being trapped, just overpowering killers that you can't stop. Well, I, I like when it's just like um, someone or something that's just like they're really fast or they got some weapons that you just can't, you know. Or some
0: like fucked up supernatural.
3: Yeah, some weird. Shit. I like I
0: like the paranormal. Like yeah, the horror weird stuff. Weird shit.
3: The scariest. I remember the first time I watched. I was young. House of a Thousand Corpses. I think it was that one or the other one. That there's the dentist, and they there he's like stuck in the dentist chair, and the guys just taking him apart. That was like the scariest thing. So that torture. I ever saw. Yeah, torture.
0: There you go. Throw that in the recipe. I already knew a little bit of the paranormal for you, Kay.
1: Kay yeah. was with me when we saw a Paranormal Activity for the first time in theaters.
0: Oh, God, yeah. And it was that scary. We right? didn't know
1: what we were getting ourselves into.
0: No, we, we, <laughs> we were told, like, let's go to the movies. And we're like, okay. And we went, and it was the first time I'd seen, like, a a documentary-style type, like, paranormal movie, and it just fucked us up. Yeah. yeah, it was like the first
1: well we know it was like one of the first found footage scary movies and yeah. we we got an alternative ending because we were it was like it opened in select theaters first and tmp guess was on them on the list and we got like and it was like i mean we knew it wasn't true but it's like you know this found footage is true a truest story and yeah. we
0: were like it, it, so is it? yeah is it we all
1: i think we all slept in the sarah's room that night <laughs>
0: yeah it was on the floor because
3: we are so scared
0: yeah
3: <laughs> did you watch the outsider kathy
1: <laughs> on yeah, yeah on I a- it. well that's a stephen king story so that's
3: really good yes yeah. yeah. yeah, um good. so
1: into fun fact guys the same composers who did the music for the outsider did the music for this movie would you have guessed that
0: um no well i mean i don't really remember the music from either so no okay so <laughs> that i keep talking about
1: is the, the effectiveness of sound and music in making a creepy movie. So, for example, in this movie, they do, like, a long, winding drive out to the house. Mm-hmm. And it was creepy. They had some good music. But think of how creepy the, the intro to the, the old Shining, the original Shining movie is. Mm-hmm. It's just a car driving through the woods. And you're already, like, terrified before you even get to the hotel because of the music. Exactly yeah um so it can be a huge thing and in the outsider i thought they did a good job of the music um the story was creepy of course but there was also like a lot of like pulsing and, and these two guys are known for like their otherworldly um like sounds that they make and and put into the music but i think they dropped the ball on this movie um some more questions um now we'll just get into s- specifics uh what is the like scariest movie each of you has ever seen or what do you guys think is the scariest movie I've ever seen
3: kind of depends like the state of frame man but I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's a good one
1: the first one or the remake
3: the one that was in like the early 2000s okay
0: I like that one you know it really depends like at what I've never seen any of those either you gotta
1: you really have to at least watch the original one it's like considered one of the scariest of all times
0: oh my god I think, um, you know, it depends like what age you watch the movies at, but what's the one I know Kathy, you'll know it, but the one with Nicole Kidman, the others, the others. I thought that was like, I watched it when it first came out. I can't remember what year, but like, I thought it was so terrifying. So it was, it was
1: a take on the, they didn't know they were dead. And that was kind of for a little while after the sixth sense, but that one I think is so, so I know a lot of people who don't like scary movies who will watch that movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But I I agree. It was a good one. Um, Okay. And then to follow up with that one, what is the worst scary movie you guys have ever seen?
0: (laughs) Oh my god! The <laughs> rental. Oh my god! Um, I don't know. I kind of like like I like the corny, low budget. I can't like give you an example, but I like it when it's like corny acting and low budget, but it's scary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The shitty acting like makes you feel a little better about like the murder and all the the shit that's going on. But um, what about you, Sean? Well,
3: I don't know. I think when it's so bad, it's good. Like the. The one Halloween that we watch with the pumpkin head.
0: Oh, but we got to watch that every... We watch
3: that, we watch- <laughs> that was so good, but it's so bad.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, but it's so bad. So Amy hasn't seen any of the Halloween movies. So far. last yeah. episode, we're doing the Halloween franchise.
0: Yes, I'm excited for you, Amy, to watch them. I'm so excited. It's going to be like a lot of movie watching that week, though.
1: Oh, yeah, there's like 20 movies. It's
2: going
1: to be like a four hour episode. You gotta just have them on in the background like throughout the entire month of October. I, I personally like to have those in the Friday the 13th movies on. So like in the background someone's just always screaming. Well, I think that like we got our questions, we got our rating. Um, thank you so much, Kate and Sean, for watching with us, for joining us.
0: You're welcome. And um, I have one question for you before I sign off here. Okay. Yeah. Um, how many more days till Halloween? Eight more days till Halloween. 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 Do, 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 do,
1: do, 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 Let me find it. Let me find it for sure and I'll tell you. How many do you think it is? 31. 44
0: days till Halloween. 44 days. Yeah. 44 days till Halloween. 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 44 days till Halloween silver shamrock. <laughs> that's, that's from the healthy movie
2: thank you guys so so much for your time and
0: your efforts and
2: watching the movie and giving us your thoughts yeah thanks for having us we love
0: you love you too love you guys goodbye Bye. Bye. Bye next. Scary Pals Podcast Scary Pals Podcast Scary Pals Podcast Scary Pals The Podcast Scary Pals The Podcast Scary Pals podcast. (laughs) You can't laugh. (laughs) That was a good one. Scary Pals podcast.
2: Scary Pals
3: the podcast.
2: I I just love Dave (laughs) Franco. How bad you want to fuck Dave Franco? Pretty bad. (laughs) Pretty bad.